Father, we know in our head that you're trustworthy. We pray that our default would be to trust you when things are difficult, when things aren't going quite like we expected or wanted them to go. Father, we pray for those right now who are struggling with their health, that you would give them trust in you today, that you would assure them of your presence and your love, and we pray for your healing power for them. And Father, I pray for each of us today. Each of us need healing at the level of our soul. We need a transformation from sin to righteousness, from selfishness to love. Thank you for the the direction that the 10 days of prayer has taken us, drawn us closer to your heart. We ask that you would drive us a little bit deeper with you in this time together this morning. Touch our hearts afresh, I pray. For your name's sake and your glory, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I'd like to invite Joy and Ron Chalker to come forward. This morning we're going to do something a little bit different. I had invited a couple people to share, and then as I heard more and more of what was happening towards the, the end of the 10 days of prayer, I ended up asking a few more people to share, and I realized something. I needed to change the plan for today from the message that I was planning to share uh, to have you experience and hear the testimonies of what God did during the 10 days of prayer. And, and then I'll share a little bit uh, at the end. But thank you, Joy and Ron, for coming to share with us this morning. The ten, this is working? Okay. The 10 days of prayer was really amazing this year because, I don't know, I think like no other time did we see so many prayers answered during the 10 days of prayer when we were praying. It was just... It was just amazing, and God's spirit was definitely there. As we know, burdens are lifted at Calvary. And so every time as we came into the prayer room, it was like this peace in the Holy Spirit. So my story starts with, um, I'm going to talk about Tammy Smith, who you guys know have been, she's been sick for a long time, and I was realizing, you know, she's been sick for a long time. I need to call her and see how she's doing. And um, when I called her, she told me, you know, she's had pneumonia, and she's um, been pretty sick, but she felt like she was starting to head back up to mend. And um, she just said, she was telling me, Joy, I have made a firm decision. I really, really want to change my lifestyle, change my diet. I, um, I'm tired of being sick all the time, and I just I want to be healthier. And then as we talked more, um, she was telling me about this autoimmune disease that she has, and that just sparked in my mind. I just finished reading this book called how um, goodbye, it's called Goodbye Autoimmune Disease. And so I start telling her about it, and I said, Tammy, this is like, it's a really simple diet to do. It's um, super clean, super healthy, and um, it's, it's 100% plant-based, but it has green smoothies is, is how you start every day. 
and um, and you have to use a lot of flax seeds, and so um, you know you need a really good blender to blend up these flax seeds and all these greens and everything in this green smoothie. And she said, "Oh, I don't I don't have a blender," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, well." <laughs> We'll pray about that. And so then when I went to prayer meeting that night, I prayed um, for Tammy and her, you know, determination to improve her diet, that, the, you know, God would really be with her. And, and, um, and then I mentioned in my prayer that she needs a blender because she doesn't have one. And um, when, before prayer meeting was over, well, right when it was over, I think, someone came up to Pastor Zach and told him, not only do I have a blender I want to give to Tammy, it's a Vitamix blender. And I was shocked because I thought, well, you know, I was trying to figure in my mind, well, how can we get her a blender? But she really needs a Vitamix if she's going to do all these smoothies and you know, Vitamixes, they're so expensive. And so I can't even, you know, ask for, ask God for that. Can I? <laughs> I mean, he showed me, yes, you can, because it was an immediate answer to prayer. And um, we were just praising God. We just couldn't believe how good God is. Not only that, but the the generous, kind uh, loving spirit of our church family. Um, this particular person didn't even really know Tammy very well, but in her heart, I just said, I said, I can't believe, you know, speaking to this person that you decided to do this. And she said, she said, it wasn't me, it was God. She said, I was just listening. And I'm just like, oh, all the glory and all the praise goes to God. Amen. There were many uh, answers to prayer during the 10 days of prayer. And this year we did something a little bit different. Uh, As prayer ministries leader, I thought we should come together and ask for the Holy Spirit to bless the 10 days of prayer and and the Agape Feast that we were planning. Unfortunately, we had to cancel the Agape Feast due to the COVID that just got worse. And so we thought that might not be a good idea, being in a room with everything. So <clears throat> during the uh, the preparation for it, we had all the elders and the deacons and deaconesses, the social committee, the pastor, and, and we were just praying for the Holy Spirit to bless the 10 days of prayer. We asked for the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and to give us an experience of, of answered prayer and to have a revival. And I really felt that this past year or so, <clears throat> I just was getting dry and I talked about the well of our house was is getting less water. I mean, we, we couldn't water our lawn. And so we were praying for rain. And I was saying that, that my well is dry. My heart is dry. And I, I need the Holy Spirit. I need the living water in my life again. I need, to be the, I need to be filled with the Spirit. I just didn't feel I had it. And so the Lord impressed me. <clears throat> that I needed to prepare for the 10 days of prayer because I wanted an experience. I wanted a prayer room experience I've had before in other conferences where I was in a prayer room. I just really felt the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And I wanted that experience. So we had a prayer room this time for the 10 days of prayer. But in preparation for that, the Lord impressed me that I needed to uh, remove some things in my, my diet and my life. And that would be a distraction. So I didn't uh, know exactly what that was, but then the Holy Spirit said, yeah, you know what it is. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will tell you what to leave out. And so uh, I, I thought, well, I need a fast. To get prayers answered, it talks about prayer and fasting. To have really answered prayers, you need to fast. Well, I'm not really good at fasting, and so I tried a water fast for about uh, a day or so, and I got, well, after, you know, maybe 30 hours or so, and then I got, I just had to eat, so I started eating. But I thought, well, okay, what I'll do, I'm going to fast at night, and so I'm going to go to a prayer meeting, and I'll not have dinner, I'll just have a light, you know, maybe some juice, maybe a salad at the most, but it's going to be like a light fast where I'm just going to miss that meal. <clears throat> so what happened when I started doing that and drinking more water and, and having my calories at lunch and at breakfast, believe me, if you don't have dinner, you, you like a good breakfast. <laughs> and so, and before I'd wake up kind of just hard to wake up. I, it's hard to get out of bed. You feel tired. You don't feel very good. You go to work and, and then you finally you kind of start feeling better as the day goes on. Well, I found out that when I don't eat a big meal before bedtime, I'd skip dinner, I have water, I'm hydrated, I wake up early. And so the Lord is waking me up at 4.30 in the morning, wide awake. Usually I can't wake up till about 6, maybe 6.15, I'll wake up, okay, I'm, I'm ready now, I can go to work and get, get ready. Bam, every day, 4.30, wide awake, <clears throat> just, you know, I'm, I'm not drowsy. My mind is clear. I can focus on the Word of God. So I started reading the Bible, started praying, going through my prayer list. And it was just an amazing experience where I didn't need coffee or anything. I was just wide awake. And so I just praise God that, that uh, he worked in many of your lives. I know there are several testimonies that each of you could share. Uh, but the Lord just impressed upon me that, yeah, if, if I put my calories in the morning when they belong, and not at night. There's a health message here that gives us a good night's rest. You feel better. The Lord can wake you up bright and early, and you're just like, yeah, I'm ready. I can't stay in bed. And so at 4.30 this past week, I couldn't stay in bed. I had to get up. I just had to start reading the Bible and praying, and it was just a real blessing. So thank you so much for sharing. Praise God. Nothing better than having a refreshing time with Jesus every morning. There's a huge, huge blessing to that. Um, our next, and thank you to, to Ron and Joy for leading out with the prayer ministries. And we're excited to see how God continues to lead in our prayer ministries. And um, we've, we talked about last night at the end that we want to, to make prayer meeting like the 10 days of prayer each week to have a really powerful experience each Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. But one family asked for prayer uh, towards the beginning of the 10 days of prayer, and they're not actually able to be here today, but I wanted to invite Athena to share with us, and today is actually her birthday, but she got up this morning and made a video just for you so that you could hear her testimony that she had shared last night. Well, hello, church family. How are you all 
doing? Happy Sabbath. I just wanted to share my testimony of how the 10 days of prayer was a blessing to me. So the very first day of the 10 days of prayer, last Wednesday, my husband was made aware at work that he was exposed to several people. He was exposed to COVID. And so he had to immediately leave work, go get a test and come home in quarantine. I was here working because I work from home full time. And when he texted me, I just instantly started to feel stress, of course, and worry. And so he came home to quarantine and that whole day just was very stressful. By the end of the day, my nerves were shot and I had the text from the church saying that this is the beginning of the 10 days of prayer. And I thought, oh, I want to go, but I can't now. And it said you can join via Zoom. So I logged on and I was just feeling very overwhelmed and thinking, how am I going to run my house by myself with my husband quarantining in the room? And Ron Chalker made a statement in his prayer and he said, Lord, our wells are dry water us Lord water us with your Holy Spirit and I was praying right before he said that Lord help me to feel your Holy Spirit and when he said it I instantly felt the Holy Spirit and I knew okay this is gonna be something that I need and sure enough every day Thursday Friday Saturday as I was logging on to zoom you know it was getting more and more stressful at home working and cleaning and making dinner doing laundry taking the kids to and from school on my own without my husband's help because he was quarantining I began to become very weary I'm sleeping on the couch not getting a full night's rest but logging on to zoom for the 10 days of prayer hearing other people pray hearing their praises listening to the beauty beautiful songs as they would just break out in song of these beautiful hymns that I knew. Um, it was filling me with God's presence and I know that he helped use the 10 days of prayer to get me through these 10 days. Like around Saturday, Sunday, my husband was really sick. I could hear him coughing through the walls and I started to become worried about him because I didn't know he had COVID yet. And so I reached out to Leah and I said, please pray for Sean. He's really sick. So they began to pray for him. And as people were praying for Sean, I was praying and saying, Lord, please bring healing to my husband. The next day when he woke up, he came out of the room with his mask on to get water. And I said, how do you feel? And he said, I feel better. I said, yes, they were praying for you. And so as the days were going on, then we found out on Tuesday that he he in fact did have COVID which added even more stress but I kept trusting God and logging on every single night for the 10 days of prayer and now my husband is better praise God um, prayer works he's not in the hospital he is better so we are quarantining still just to be safe that's why we're not at church but I just wanted to say that God knew ahead of time that I was gonna have to go through a lot these past 10 days and the 10 days of prayer was here for me just to revive me and refresh me and give me hope and peace through all of this. So thank you, church family, for praying for us every night. Praise God for his answers to prayer. And just it was just a wonderful experience. And I wanted to share that with you all. Happy Sabbath and thanks again. Isn't God faithful? It's awesome to see how he works. You know, he uses technology. He enables us to be able to, to connect, even using Zoom, which is a blessing. And we were glad for those of you that were able to tune in via Zoom. Um, but I wanted to invite Malin to come up and share. Malin shared a request of, of something that 
I guess kind of shocking actually happened just a couple days into to 10 days of prayer, but I'll let him encapsulate that for you and share the journey that God has him on and what God is doing in his life. Thank you. So my, mine actually begins um, before, and as many of you know, um, last year was a difficult year for us. You know, we lived in the same house for 17 years, and, and then we had to move, and um, it, was, it was a discouraging time for me. And, um, you know, Corey Tinboom once said that, you know, prayer is either your steering wheel or it's your spare tire. And unfortunately, I'm confessing, you know, it was my spare tire. I, I wasn't spending a lot of time in prayer. I wasn't spending a lot of time in God's Word. And, and uh, as, as Ron said, you know, I was dry. I was spiritually, I was dry. And it was a it just got worse and worse and worse. And as we, we, we came to, you know, the end of, of 2021, um, you know, I, I, started, I started soul searching. And, and you know, I, I've, I've, I've preached before on, on, you know, on the parable of the ten virgins. And, and I started asking myself, you know, am, am, I, am I there? Am, is that me? Am, am I one of the five foolish virgins? And, and I started looking at my life and... and and I had to, I had to answer, and I was like, you know, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I, I know all these, I know all the truths, I know all these things, and I'm not doing any of them. And so I, I needed a turnaround. And and Kathy and I got in a a, a, a fight one night, and I, I went down to the river, and and I went for a walk, and I just, I just started praying. I just cried out. I just cried out to God, and I said, God, I need you. I, I need. I need a turnaround in my life. I need, I need something different. I, I, need, a, I need a revival. I, I need you. And the very next day, John Miller, um, who used to be a Bible worker here, um, he, uh, he sent me a message, and, and, and he said that he had been thinking about me and, and wanted to know if I wanted to join this Dwell um, app. You know, uh, Pastor's brother Tyson was here a few weeks ago and talked about this Dwell app. And if, and if you want to join this Dwell app, there's 30 more vacancies for this Dwell app. And i, I got to tell you, it's been life-changing for me. It really has been. To get back into the Word and, and, and to, do these, to do these morning plans, I have six plans that I'm doing in the mornings now. And it's just been amazing. Last year, I avoided 10 days of prayer. I did. I avoided it because of where I was at in my life. This year... This year, I, I, I couldn't wait for the 10 days of prayer to begin. I Really. I mean, I, I was so looking forward to it. So when the 10 days of prayer began, we started coming to the 10 days of prayer. And Friday, the, um, the third day of the 10 days of prayer, I get a call from um, our vice president of, uh, our executive vice president of sales for this company that I work for. Okay, now I need to explain something to you. So I've been working for this company for 17 years called Trimark. We're a, we're a finance company. And, and two years ago, my boss, who I've been working for for 17 years, he sold Trimark to Somerset. And Somerset is another finance company that we've done a lot of business with. So for the last two years, him and I and, um, you know, Shar uh, Kotheimer, her husband, Pete, um, worked for me for about four years. And... And he was the last person on my sales team to quit and just before they moved back to what, North Carolina or wherever. Um, but, so it was just three of us 
in this company that used to be a big company. I used to have a big sales team, and, and there's just three of us. And, and so I get this phone call from the executive vice president. His name's Adam, and, he, and you know, kind of small talk. I've never talked to the guy before. And, and he, said, he said, have you talked to Dave? And Dave's my boss that owned Trimark for, since 1995 and just sold it two years ago. And I said, no, I haven't talked to Dave. And, and um, he, said, he says, well, this is awkward. He said, he said, today, Somerset, let Dave go and let Sandy go, who is our operations manager. And that leaves me. There's only three people that work for Trimark. And so that left me. And so this is what he said. He said, you have until Monday to prove to us why we should keep you and why we should salvage Trimark and not just you know, cut our losses and move on. So Friday night, I came to, I, I came to the 10 Days of Prayer and, 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 and shared, you know, shared this. And I'll tell you, 10 Days of Prayer was awesome. But the time after 10 Days of Prayer in the prayer room, that was, that was I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the ultimate. And so we prayed about my job Friday night and Saturday night. Sunday... This was, so Adam also told me, he said, he said, you need to work on this this weekend. You need, to put, you need to put something together, a package together, a spreadsheet. You need to send me, you know, you know proof that, you know, Trimark is worth salvaging. And I was just like, oh, Lord, you know, where do I even begin? So Sunday I, I went to work and, and, I, and I prayed. And I know everybody else was praying for me as well. And I prayed and I fasted. I fasted, um, and, and um, I have been fasting since Saturday night. And I didn't even know where to begin. I had all these accounts that, that I had never even looked at before. They weren't mine. They were my boss's accounts. So I, I, I just I kept praying and kept praying and kept praying. And, and then finally I had this package together, and, and I emailed it. And I, and I called this executive vice president. Uh, he told me to call him at home when I... You know, when I, when I when I was uh, when I was done, and I called him, and he was just the nicest guy, and and he was so upbeat, and and I was like, this is not the same guy I talked to on Friday. I mean, it just it, complete change. So Monday he calls me, and he told me that he reviewed everything that I sent him, and and he said that he was going to um, keep me on for six months, and and. I kind of thought of it as probation, and he goes, "Now probation's kind of negative." He said, "Let's just let's just think of it as a new beginning," and and so and so I have my job, and and you know they fired everybody in our company except for me. And it just I I mean it just it's mind boggling, and it I anyway so um went back to prayer meeting, you know, ten days of prayer, and and you know I, and I shared that. You know, here's my, big, here's my big dilemma. My big dilemma is I've been in the only one in our office in Paso Robles. It's a huge office. and I've been the only one in there for two years. But my boss that owned Trimark, Dave, that got fired Friday, um, he owns that office. And he's been leasing it to Somerset. So I'm losing my office. And so, I, you know, Kathy and I live in a fifth-wheel trailer, and so... I don't have any place to work. So I'm like, that's, that's, that's like big, that's huge. So we all started praying about that. I sat there on Wednesday in my office, and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, and I'm like, you got you to gotta call, you got to tell him. You know? So 
I call Adam, the executive vice president, and I said, I said, Adam, there's something I need to tell you. And, and he goes, what? And I, and I, and I show, I, I told him, I said, you know, I, I'm losing this office. I said, I don't have any place to work. And, and he goes, he goes, oh, uh, well, let me, uh, yeah, let me, let me see what I can do about that. And, and his whole, his whole demeanor, you know, it wasn't the upbeat Adam that I talked to on Sunday. You know, it was more like the serious Adam that I talked to on Friday when he fired my boss. And I was like, oh, man. So I just kept praying, kept praying. And, and, and at, almost at the end of that day, he calls me back and he goes, you know what? He goes, you're going to be getting a phone call from a lady in our company and she's going to, she's going to help you find an office. So they're going to, they fire my boss, they fire the operations manager, they keep me, and they're going to rent me an office. I mean, God is amazing, just amazing. And prayer, thank God, thank you for, you know, Ron and Joy, thank you for, you know, and, and thank you for all the prayers. It's just been, it's been, it's been something. I mean, it really has. And, and, it, and this Dwell app, you know, it's been amazing, you know, to get back into God's Word. God's Word is transformational, and, and I, that's what I, how I feel. I feel transformed. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you so much for sharing that. Isn't it amazing? God cares about our jobs. He cares about the details of what we're going through, and when we seek Him, there's extra opportunity for Him to show up in a way that glorifies His name. Uh, in a way that, that we can recognize in a special way. So thank you for sharing that. Um, praise God for the revival, most of all, that he's doing in our hearts and waking us up and giving us a refreshing. I want to invite Mark to come forward. Uh, Mark got a call uh, that you never want to receive during the 10 days of prayer, and he's going to share a little bit with us about that and also a couple of pictures. Well, um, we've been a part of this church for a long time, ever since our kids were smaller than Abby and Livy, and uh, you all have watched them grow up. And, you know, we pray for our kids on a regular basis, that God will protect them, that God will uh, guide them in their lives. And so, and we, we trust that that is happening, and, and we've seen that all along, but I, I kind of saw that come together uh, in three ways, uh, not just related to the pictures, but all this kind of weaves the three stories together in this week, that, that God is working, answering our prayers, and, but it kind of showed us in a special way during this week, uh, 10 days of prayer, that that really is true. So like Zach said, um, it was Wednesday night, I uh, it was about 7.30, we were in the midst, we were on Zoom uh, for that night, and I got a call from Emily, my younger daughter, and she said, I've been in a car accident. I think I totaled my car. And I said, are you all right? She says, yeah, I'm all right. You know, I, I, I'm fine. And the other person's fine. I said, well, praise God, we can take care of the car, but don't, um, you know, we're just glad that you're safe. And, and so, um, as she told me about it, um, she'd been driving to see her fiancé, Andrew, um, at his house, and she was maybe a mile from his house going along this residential street and um, coming up to a, a place where she was going to make a left-hand turn 
Well, as she's coming there, she sees a guy come through the, blow through the stop sign at that intersection and making a right-hand turn toward her. And she realizes that he's going way too fast and he's not under control. And it's like, she said it was like slow motion. He's going to hit me. And he did. And I have the picture here. So this is her car. Um, and it's not the greatest picture, but you can see that you know, the, the front end was heavily damaged. But um, an airbag went off, and, uh, but it didn't you know, totally crunch the front of her car. Now show the picture of the other car. <laughs> so this was a high-impact uh, collision, and he ended up this far down the street. The lights you see in the back are her car. Well, anyway, the, the blessings continued. That, you know, she was okay. Her car started to dial 911, and so uh, she spoke to them. And then the neighbor who lived right next to where this car ended up came out and, to see what was going on. And he was you know, such a nice man. He helped her you know, make sure she was okay. And then she, he walked with her down to talk to the, the guy who was driving the car down here, who was also fine. Apparently his passenger, you can, might be able to see that the windshield's uh, broken there on the right-hand side of that car. So he had a cut on his head, but that was the worst of the damage to anybody in this accident. Um, the, another indication of the impact there in the... Uh, the left side of his bumper, you see a white spot there. That's Emily's license plate. <laughs> so this, this was a, you know, had the potential for real badness. But praise the Lord, she was okay. And she got the help that she needed. Uh, within a few minutes, her fiancé and his dad were there and supporting her. And, and, and he, her dad, his dad took all these pictures. And, and so that was very helpful the next day as I talked to the insurance agent to show that, um, you know, this really wasn't Emily's fault. Uh, she was on the right side of the road. And so anyway, just, pr- you know, as we were singing this morning, um, we need the every hour in joy or pain. Well, a little bit of pain about the car, but the joy that she was protected uh, is, was really hit me. But as I was uh, thinking about it, it occurred to me that God really showed up for uh, Anne and Peter this week as well. And uh, Anne's a new dentist, and her job that she started with was less than optimal, and we have kind of been encouraging her to make a change. And so she had been working on that. And this week she made the decision and, and found a position that seems like it was going to be significantly better and meet her needs uh, for this coming you know, few months until her husband graduates from, from school and then they have to move again. So God helped her through that decision and you know, in the conversations that we had to her about, with her about that, um, you know, Linda was really able to point out to her that you know, God is answering your prayers here. And then Peter, uh, you know, he, he had a little bit of a tough year last year, some decisions tough decisions to make and, and things. And so he had a good Christmas vacation, spent some time with his buddy Dylan, who he knows from high school here at, at Sloka in San Luis. And they've been good friends over the years and you know, spent some time surfing and uh, hiking and biking. And, and so they, they hatched the plan to go to Ecuador uh, 
uh, and Dylan was going down there to climb a, a volcano, and then Peter was going to meet up with him, and they were going to go out to the Galapagos Islands. Well, I was uh, talking to Peter on earlier in the week after the 10 days of prayer about uh, his plans, and he was working on getting a COVID test so that he could, at the right time, so he could fly, and uh, that was opening up, and uh, then I just, somehow I, I said, well, what, you know, what if you get sick, you know, while you're down there, and that made him think, and I didn't really talk to him much more about it, but he, um, you know, took that seriously and started thinking it through and said, you know, I, I really can't afford to get stuck down there. You know, I've got two weeks that I can go, but I can't spend more than that down there. And so he made the hard decision to cancel his trip and have to tell his friend, I'm not coming. And so one of the things that we pray for our children is that they will become mature adults and that they will make decisions, good decisions on their own. And so I just saw that God blessed him in that and being able to make this hard decision in, in addition to some other ones that he's made in the past year. So I just praise God, and it wasn't something that I don't know was necessarily the result of the 10 days of prayer, but we saw it come together during the 10 days of prayer, and I just praise God for the way he's working in our kids' lives. Isn't God awesome? He's faithful. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, there were a number of other things where I think Ron last night was sharing how he said, you know, this happened and this happened. And I realized that, that these things, God is just, it feels like he's, he's able to bless in bigger ways when we're seeking him. And that's what Hebrews eleven six says, that he's a rewarder, rewarder of those who seek him. But, you know, as I look at this picture and realize, you know, that night they were at the 10 days of prayer. They weren't praying specific prayers about Emily driving to her fiance's house. But Isaiah 65, 24 says, It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. The reality is that, that, that God says, I'm going to go ahead of you. And, and it's not just your prayers that are making a difference. It's who I am. Our prayers tap into the reality of God's incredible character. You know, we could share a lot more stories. You know, we were praying a lot for the Ojeda family. Jesus was letting me know about some things that were going on. And just as the 10 days of prayer were starting, said, you know, it's, it's great that Derek, who, you know, just graduated high school, doesn't have cancer in his knee. It's a wonderful thing. But now we're finding out that it's a 50-50 chance whether he'll be able to keep the leg because of the valley fever infection in his leg. It looks like it's gone to the bone and it's, they may have to amputate his leg. So we began to pray for his leg, and, and as they were, we were praying about that, it came to this past week, and he uh, texted me, and he said, well, he's out of surgery, and praise God, it looks like you're going to be able to keep the leg. And so we were praising God for that, and then he texted me again, and he said, but now Derek tested positive for COVID in the hospital, and my girls now, they're sick at home. And then the next day, he texts and said, and my girls, it turns out, are positive for COVID, both uh, girls and the one is very young. Um, but by the end of the week, they were all doing better. And this afternoon at three o'clock, Jesus texted me last night. He said, we're going to get to go and pick up Derek from Stanford Hospital. 
story after story of God's faithfulness. And if you have one uh, that you'd like to share another week, we'd love to hear. But, but the question is, how do we continue this? We don't just want it to be 10 days long and that's the end. In the book of Acts, the 10 days of prayer that they prayed leading up to the day of Pentecost was just the start of the prayer that you see happening. It was just the start of the miracles that you see happening. It was just the beginning. And Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, he put it this way, and maybe that's why the disciples kept on praying after that 10 days of prayer. He says this in Matthew 7, verse 7. He said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. Now, you know, when you look at the Greek of this, and I've had those that know Greek better than I do explain this to me, the New Living Translation helps us to understand what Jesus is saying here. Really, it's keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will, you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Let's, let's continue. Let's, let's keep on earnestly asking and seeking and knocking. This is a, a continuation of these actions. So that can be a little bit overwhelming, to be honest, isn't it? I mean, we can think about, well, yeah, that's great. You know, 10 days of prayer comes around, but then my life gets busy, and And to think about earnestly continuing to do something, that can sound a little difficult to do. But here's the amazing reality. Last week we saw that prayer is birthed out of love. That that praying in God's name is based upon knowing that we have a loving Father who wants to hear from us. And prayer is opening the heart to God as to a friend friend we read in, in Steps to Christ. Well, we only love because God first loved us. So here's the fascinating thing is we look at this and we see that it says, hey, keep on asking to ask. Well, do we ask because God first asked us? Think about Jesus. Think about the disciples. The majority of the disciples, the first ones that he called, they were out fishing. And Jesus said, hey, come, follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. Jesus first asked them. And then they entered into discipleship, which led them eventually to these passionate lives of prayer. You find that with uh, Matthew, the tax collector. He's sitting in his tax collector booth, and Jesus says, come, follow me. And he leaves everything to follow Jesus. Jesus first gives us the invitation. And that's true for you and I today. Revelation 22, verse 17 says, And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. Jesus is asking you today, will you come? Will you open your heart? Will you let me in? So ask. We ask because he first asked us. Is that fair to say? We ask because he's the first one that shows up before we're ready for it. And he's asking us. But not just ask. It says to seek. Does God seek us first? Think about Jesus. Think about that day when he was walking and traveling through Jericho. And as as he gets to the gate of Jericho, he finds a guy who's climbed up in a tree. And that guy thinks that he's the one seeking Jesus. But Jesus already knows his name. He's intentionally coming that way. And he says, Zacchaeus You come down, for I'm going to your house today. And to explain why he would go out of his way to go to Zacchaeus' house, he says this, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. 
Matthew 18, Jesus said, the kingdom is like a a person who has 99 sheep and loses one of them, and he goes out to find that one lost. So it's not the will of your father that anyone should perish. He's seeking every single person on this planet, all of the 7 billion people. He's relentlessly pursuing in love. We seek him because he first sought us. That's the reality. And if you're having a hard time thinking, I don't know if I want to seek him. What we need to realize is we need to open our hearts and recognize how he's been seeking us all the days of our life. He's been pursuing us in love. We, We ask, we seek. How about knocking? Does Jesus knock? Does Jesus come to the door of our hearts knocking? How about the Laodicean church? The people of the judgment. The people that are are living just before Jesus comes. Jesus specifically appeals to us. He says, look, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. We'll enter into a special fellowship if you'll just open the door. I'm already knocking. And he invites you to knock back. You know, I don't know if you've ever had that before. Somebody knocks on your door and you just knock back and then you can go into this knocking back and forth. (laughs) Jesus is the one already knocking. Our response to his knocking is to open the door. But he invites us to knock and the inspiration for that comes because he's the one that first knocked. He's the one that first sought us. He's the first one to ask. And notice the promise that comes after this. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. This is an amazing invitation that's given to you and I, sinful human beings, that God wants to overcome by coming in to our hearts. We knock because he is knocking. He is constantly pounding on the door of our hearts. So going back to what Jesus taught us here, he goes on in verse 8 to say, For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now, praying in Jesus' name, we're not going to get too much into this, but the disciples didn't realize who everyone was. The, The first half of the book of Acts, they're trying to grapple with the fact that Jesus actually meant everyone. You see, so often we pray and we think that we understand everything and we just need more power to say what we're saying louder. And Jesus is saying, I want to take you a little bit deeper in realizing who I want you to reach. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds it to him who knocks, it will be open. And then he he gives us the picture. What is it that we're asking for? What is it that we're seeking? What is it that we're trying to find as we knock? Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? You know, as a father, if my girls asked me for bread and I were to go to them and say, hey, here's a stone. Take this stone. Just try to chew on that for a minute. How heartless, how cold. There's, there's very few fathers that would treat their children like this. Jesus wants us to grasp his love as we come to him in prayer. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? I'm hungry. I want some of that fish from the Sea of Galilee. Now, nah, here's a snake. Here's a rattlesnake for you. What, what father would ever do that? We need to recognize that the important thing in our prayer life is knowing the character of the God to whom we pray. Or it's possible that we may not even be praying to the true God at all. 
Matthew chapter 7, verse 11 goes on to say this. If you then being evil, right? So he's talking to me, that dad who, there's no way I would do that. There's no way that I would treat my kid that way. If I then being evil know how to give good gifts to my children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? How much more will he give good to you and I? And what does that good look like? What does he mean, good things? Well, he, in the parallel passage to this in Luke, as Jesus is teaching the same teaching, uh, but he's giving a little bit different nuances and he's sharing a parable. As he goes through these same exact things in Luke chapter th- 11, he says this, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the... Sorry, no, are we tracking along here? How much more will your heavenly Father give the... Holy Spirit... Holy Spirit. To those who ask him. You see, Jesus is basically telling us that every good thing that the Father has promised to you, it comes with giving you the Holy Spirit. All other good gifts come in the train of the Holy Spirit. As we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive everything. He's standing at the door knocking. He's asking. He's he's wanting us to come and drink. He's seeking our hearts to be open to this infinite God of love. And then... Notice the response in our hearts that God is looking for. As we allow the Spirit of God to come into us. Last week we saw that praying in the name of Jesus will lead us to pray for our enemies. If you missed it, you can catch it on our YouTube channel. It'll lead us to to pray for people in such a way that our own hearts will be changed. Because prayer is the opening of the heart to God as to a friend. And it's not to bring God down to us, but to bring us up to God. Well, here you have this promise that he'll give all good things and he'll give the Holy Spirit to us. And right after this, notice Jesus says, therefore, right? Because of this promise of asking and seeking and knocking. Therefore, as a, as a result of the Father giving you all these good gifts, the fact that he's a giver, the fact that he's seeking you, he's knocking, he's asking, the fact that this is the character of God. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. This is absolutely everything that that God has been trying to communicate to you throughout salvation history. Is if you think that you want God to treat you this way, and you want people to treat you that way, then treat them with the same giving spirit that you wish that they had towards you. You know, this Monday is going to be my girl's birthday. And as a father, I would give them anything. I, I would absolutely give them anything I could possibly come up with on their birthday. I'm so thankful for the three years that God has blessed them with. I'm so thankful for the life that he's given to them. But you know, as we talk about gifts and they, they, they're beginning to wrap their minds around this, that they would, they'd like to get gifts on their birthday, I'm reminded of what Jesus said. In Acts 20, verse 35, he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. That word blessed is happy. It's happier to give than to receive. So you know what we've been talking about? I said, well, you know, your birthday's coming up. Who are you going to give a gift to? They already actually did one yesterday. They gave a gift, gift to somebody for somebody else's birthday. But we went online and we were looking at Avenue Southeast Asia projects. And then we're looking at Adra and we're seeing what project could they possibly give to. Because here's the thing. 
Ultimately, it comes down to reflecting the character of the great giver. This is to be our asking, our seeking, our knocking. The purpose is for transformation of heart so that we can reflect that character of love. And I'm not sure which one they're going to choose, but Adra has this, this option for kids where you can give chickens to a family in need that will help their economic situation. Then you can download this coloring picture with the, the chickens, and you can color the chickens. And they saw that, they said, we want to do chickens. So I don't know if it'll be chickens or goats, but it'll be sponsoring a kid for school. But I know this. The fact is that God is willing to give us every good gift, and he's calling us to live lives to give and to give and to give to those who ask of us. Let's pray to close. Father in heaven, we've heard some incredible stories about your faithful love and the way that you have worked in our lives and we have received incredible answers to prayer that we are so thankful for, Father. We glorify your name for what you've done over these past 10 days. You've blessed us in in wonderful ways. You've protected our families. You've blessed us and protected our jobs. You've helped people to to get blenders, little practical things that are, are so powerful, Father. And Father, we ask that this would not be the end of this experience, but the very beginning of the revival that you want to work. That we would keep asking. We would keep seeking. We would keep knocking because the reality is that you have been asking and seeking and knocking on the door of our hearts every day of our lives. Father, help us to open our hearts more to you and help us also, because of that, to open our hearts wider to the world around us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.